Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Morning Toast. Happy Thursday. Hope everyone's having a great day. Hi, Jackie. How are you? Hi, Claudia. I'm doing well, thank you. And that is because it's Thursday and we're officially over the hump. We are sliding into the weekend. And this week for me was one of those weeks at the beginning of the week where I was like, I am so excited for this week to be over. I have so much to do this week. And so once it's Friday night, like all will be done. And it's Friday night. You're it's a small town girl. Everything is right. And, and we rule the world. I've just been like having this joie de vivre like all week. Like I can't <laughs> explain it. Like not to be so annoying. I think it's the hairstyle. No. I'm telling you, there's a correlation. I think it's a hairstyle. I think it's also kind of like not to blame, you know, put all my troubles on the Olympics, but like I just feel this weight lifted off of me and I just feel lighter than ever, um, even though I've never weighed more. And it's just so exciting. You know, I feel like I've just been in a good mood all week. I can't wait to like for it to run out. I was due for a good mood because the two weeks before, like I was on my period and sick and I was an absolute not here because like, you know, I have to contain my composure, but like in private behind closed doors, like I was an absolute monster. Damn. So I was due who for do, some who, good energy. Who do you think received the monstrosity the worst, Ben or Theo? I would literally never direct any morsel of anger towards Theo. 100% to Ben. And honestly, <laughs> the fact that I stand here today making it through that two-week period, still a married woman, is... It's God. It's really... It's all in his hands. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm actually really excited because the new episode of The Redheads dropped today. I hear it's quite divisive. It is so divisive. So there are people, we read the book, all four of us. Half the group would say one of the books, best books they ever read. The other half would say the worst book they ever read, which is just so crazy. So we are really getting into everything. Like there's a lot of strong opinions on the episode, which always makes for a great episode. So if you read the book, check it out. If you didn't read the book, you can still listen to the episode because there's a summary and it's just like a really funny episode. But it's never too late to become a redhead. Snitch announced her choice. And it's actually like not that snitchy. It's not a YA? It's not a YA. It's it's a novel. A it's, novel? It's a novel. It's called We Are the Brennans. And I read the synopsis. It looks really good. I'm really excited to read Wait, it. You're telling me Snitch chose a non-young adult like love story yeah coming like of she age chose a book that dana could have chosen so but it's not a coming of age story it might be it might be a coming of age story but it's not boy meets girl boy girl love. gets murdered like <laughs> girl comes back as a ghost literally to have the best sex of her life <laughs> No, it's not that, but I'm really excited to read her choice. We also all shared the other books that we read this month, which is actually my favorite segment where we just get to talk about books. Books. And I really love the book Clara and the Sun. I thought it was such an interesting read. Um, I love Clara. I don't know if I told you this, but to me, the reason why the book resonated with me so much is because... Did you choose this one? Dana chose it. Got so it was it. like extremely literary, won the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, I loved this book because to me, at the heart of it, it was about campers and counselors. And what hurt the most was that counselor couldn't see that. So is it possible, though, that the book was not very good, but you were blinded by the camper counselor energy? It's not possible that the book wasn't good because this author is like, uh, you know, 
world renowned Socrates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's good. It's just I feel like if they didn't really like it, it's because they didn't get it. But you know, Socrates is a relative term because, like, for me, I would say like Colleen Hoover is a Socrates. You know? Yeah, she is. So like, if Colleen Hoover wrote a book and some people said it was really bad, you'd be like, you just don't get it. Well, no, actually, that's the thing about books; they're so subjective. They are, which is so crazy. Even in the comments section, I'm waiting to hear what the redhead readers thought about the book because I need more opinions. But even in the comments section on our post, the comments are, this was the best book I ever read or I, the couldn't, worst book. I couldn't finish it. I feel like that's always the case, you know? Yeah, that is true. Nothing's universal. Is there one book out there that everyone can agree is so amazing? Probably like Romeo and Juliet. I don't know. If you had to sit down and read Romeo and Juliet Never. right now, you wouldn't be able to finish it. I feel like one of, the most, 451. one of the most popular books of the last like <clears throat> two, three years was Where the Crawdads Sing. But there are some people who couldn't finish it. Well, of course, like we're all humans. We all have different interests. So like no one, not everyone is going to love one book, even though I have heard that um, I actually haven't heard anyone who didn't like Girl with No Job, The Crazy Beautiful Life of an Instagram Thirst Monster. Yeah, I haven't heard anyone either. Just read my Amazon reviews. Because they've all been taken out. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> they've all been murdered. <laughs> no, actually, I haven't, I haven't heard anyone who didn't like It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover, which we talked about on the episode because I read it this month. Yeah, I guess the only thing I've heard about that book is that, like, because it's so hyped up, was that, like... I mean, the ending is really crazy, but, like, when you hype something up so much, you can really only go down. Yeah. So the only kind of complaint I've heard from people who read it after the hype is, like, not worth the hype. So much hype. But, like, if they just read it because they stumbled upon it, it would have been, like, a life-changing book. It was a life-changing book for me. Yeah. Do you want to know something crazy? Like, there are people who don't like Evelyn Hugo, who didn't like it. Who? Like, Rebecca didn't like (gasps) it. Rebecca? Mm Mm-hmm. Hold on. I'm allergic to the disgusting nature of this conversation. I know. Who didn't like Evelyn Hugo? Isn't that crazy? There are people who didn't like Evelyn Hugo. So that just goes to show. I've actually been on this journey that I want to explain to you, and like you, I feel like you can help me figure it out. Okay. So whenever I've actually been really diving into Taylor Swift's Evermore album, and I was just having a conversation with my friend Abe about how like I think it's better than folklore. And whenever I am reading it, I mean, whenever I'm listening to it, I'm especially Champagne Problems. I really, like, can't stop thinking about Evelyn Hugo. And I can't decide if that's because I read the book when we were in Utah. Evermore had just come out, and I was listening to Evermore a lot. Or because I think a lot of the songs, I think a lot of Evelyn Hugo is drawing inspiration from Taylor Swift, and I think a lot of the songs draw inspiration from the book, if that makes sense. Okay. I think your first point's probably the most Utah. apt. The fact that when you, if you listen to it while you were reading a certain book, the the soundtrack will always remind you of that book. Okay. But usually that does fade if the two aren't really congruous. No, there's so much. Dropped your hand while dancing. Champagne Problems is so about Cecilia and Evelyn. Yeah. Like, remember, spoiler alert, they're at the concert and, like, holding hands and then someone sees him. Dropped your hand while dancing. Left you out there standing. It's so about Evelyn and Cecilia. Don't come for me. It could be. It really could be. But also, I think that... And I don't know if this is true, but Taylor Jenkins Reid must have found inspiration in Taylor Swift. Like the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo, the million boyfriends of Taylor Swift. There are conspiracy theories that Taylor, you know, I'm just saying. I, she's never mentioned it. Really? Like I don't watch all of her interviews, but like I've never even seen a, a, a thread of that. Really? And oh man, in my mind no, it was to like me, so. like the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo, like that's like Elizabeth Taylor. It's not. Elizabeth Taylor Swift. No, I think it's Elizabeth Taylor Swift. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, whatever. Well, we have a great show for you guys today. Fast Five. Actually, some interesting things to talk about, finally. And we have a TV recap. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was on last night. Yeah. Quite a divisive episode. Yeah. And I mean, the Fast Five, I feel as though they're going to be fast because it's just some, some news. And I, said, I need to talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills until the cows come home because I need to, we need to get to the bottom of this, you and I. And um, Love Island was on last night. I know you didn't watch and I'm so glad you didn't because I know how precious your time is. Thank and you. And it is a definitely skip episode because the families are on Zoom. Right. And the whole. And there, there's no real couples there. So it's like, who are you meeting? I mean, new friends? We'll talk about it. It's so, it was silliness. Okay. But I'm ready to dive in. I really don't have much else to say. I'm ready to dive in as well. Just check out The Redheads, another great episode from the girls, and it's never too late. So without further ado, do, 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 where are you? Not here because we have meetings, meetings, meetings. Podcast, podcast, podcast. It is time for the Fast Five Stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. 
Sorry. And today's episode is brought to you by, oh my God, my curds are all verklempt. Your curds? Okay. Today's episode is brought to you by Coors Pure Organic. Do you ever feel like living a balanced life is hard? Like you try super hard to keep up with what's considered balanced. You push yourself each and every day, getting better and better, but it can be overwhelming. You work out daily, eat healthy 100% of the time, keeping up with all the wellness trends. You feel like you're trying to work so hard all the time. Enter Coors Pure. Organic, but chill about it. New Coors Pure is a refreshingly simple beer with organic barley, organic hops, and water. At 92 calories and zero sugar, it's the perfect beer to celebrate the wins of everyday life because sometimes like having a beer shouldn't be such a burden, Mm -hmm. you know? And I really believe that Coors Pure is taking the burden out of beer. They should use that for a slogan. Um, They're all about promoting balance and giving aggressive affirmations to everyday heroes. So whether you got to run in or you just got as far as putting on your running shoes, Coors Pure is here to celebrate you. Um, It's just perfect for like a light, especially in the summer. It's a delightful beer that I think everyone will enjoy. It feels better drinking it. It's less heavy. It's the perfect beer to celebrate the wins of everyday life. So when you want to enjoy a beer without the guilt, reach for Coors Pure. It's organic, but chill about it. Go to CoorsPure.com slash toast to see where you can find Coors Pure. Thank you, Claudia. A pleasure. Thank you, Cordia. Cordia. First story, Heidi Montag says Lauren Conrad's career should have been more successful. Heidi Montag thinks her former TV foe, Lauren Conrad, should have been much more successful in her career. She quipped during a new interview on Call Her Daddy that Lauren should have gone on to become the most successful Hills alum, but, quote, she is not where she should be at all these days. She said, Heidi said, Kristen, let's be honest, is the most successful. While Lauren's net worth is reportedly valued at $40 million, thanks to multiple fashion lines, a beauty brand, and nine books, Montag believes her former co-star should have been as successful as billionaire Kylie Jenner. She said, I feel like Lauren didn't make it like she should have. She should be Kylie. She was so good at makeup, she should have done the tutorials. If she had a good team, she'd be a billionaire. She'd be a hundred millionaire. She is not where she should have been at all. She continued saying, quote, she has a Kohl's line. Great, whatever. But she should be a hundred millionaire. That's like saying she has a gold bar, whatever. Like, Kohl's lines? Literally the most rich, Sofia Vergara, J-Lo. It's the best thing. It's better than having a line at Chanel. Like, it's so mass-produced. Didn't Elizabeth and James just go exclusively to Kohl's for Mary Kate and Ashley? It's nothing to snuff at. No, it's not. She said, are you kidding? She said, are you kidding me? Who gets that big promotion, that big fame, that big engine behind her? The loved one, the this and that, the narrator. No one even gets the narrator show. Kylie didn't get a narrator show. She should be so rich. Okay, I have a lot of thoughts. And first of all, I just really liked that Alex asked this question. Like, she's like, well, what do you think? Like, Lauren made her money and she bounced. And like, she lives a very, and she doesn't have to do the Hills reboot. Like, it was a good question. Um, And I just want to preface by saying, I really do like Spencer and Heidi. Like, I think the comeback they've made when they were like hated, when they didn't even do anything. It was just like a stupid TV show that was scripted. Like, I think they're great. But this does just give off like bitter vibes because, okay, could Lauren have become a billionaire? Maybe, maybe. But she's a 40 millionaire. Like, that's nothing to scoff at. To scoff at. Like, I was supposed to, I said snuff before. That's not the right word. It's something to scoff at, especially because I don't think that's an entirely accurate representation. And it's entirely possible. And I think that Heidi and Spencer, and they'll admit it themselves, are so fame driven. Whereas, like, Lauren was not. Like, how many people can go from being exactly the narrator, beloved by the world? to be living a completely private life. Like, we know nothing about Lauren. So I think that's probably difficult. While still having a, an outward-facing brand, like, her brand still relies on her celebrity, but she doesn't even act as a celebrity. Maybe if she was out there on all these reboots thirsting it up, her brand would be bigger. But maybe she's like, I'd rather have the $40 million and peace of mind than have $100 million and be thirsty and desperate like some other people. Right. So I think that the decision Lauren made is that was actually the best one but I just think if like if Heidi and Spencer had been in that position they would have done it completely differently and I don't think that if Lauren had tried to become the next Kylie she would have like if Lauren was out here doing makeup tutorials like I don't think at all that that's that's what would have happened yeah I agree and it wasn't the 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 same it's they're not on the same timeline so you can't say like she should have been doing makeup tutorials because it was still a little 20 years ago early for stuff like that um also Yes, Lauren was the narrator of this highly popular MTV show, but, like, Kylie is a Kardashian. Like, it's just so different. Well, no, I actually think think that wasn't a terrible reference, only in the sense that at the height of the Hills, they were as famous as the Kardashians are now. Yes, but in a time where it was harder to monetize your digital following. Yes, it didn't exist, 100%. So 
I just think, and first, uh, the thing that I just disagreed with the most about most about this interview is kind of the toss away comment about Coles. When it's like brands like that, that's how Jessica Simpson built a billion dollar brand. It's is hers at Coles. I was thinking that too. Did it start at Coles? I don't know, but I was going to mention Jessica Simpson. So if we both have the same thought, then it, there's something. Well, it's, if it's on Coles, it's a similar brand, and like she had, runs a billion dollar business. Her business did over a billion dollars in sales. So just like the kind of like it's only at Kohl's it's that's the best kind of deal you can have it's so mass market is it the fanciest no but you're getting your clothes into literally millions of people's homes and that's the best thing you can have so she only has a line at Kohl's that's give me a line at Kohl's like that's the best thing so many celebrities have it and it's it, they make more money from it than they do like their music. J Lo has it, Sofia Vergara has it, everyone has it. Yeah, it's just really crazy that this is Heidi's take. But I have to believe this is how like her and Spencer sleep at night, like because Lauren got so much from the show and just yeah. was able to exit. Whereas I don't even think Spencer and Heidi would ever want to exit. They like being public figures, but they also like being rich. But right, so they're probably just like, well, Lauren doesn't have it that good. It's only forty million. Right, but like they've also been really open about the fact how like they made a ton of money after the hills and then they went almost broke because they spent like millions of dollars on crystals. Right. So I think that like money and fame are so equally important to them, and they're like shook by Lauren, who so happily gave up the fame and also with that fame could have been more money. It could have been 400 million. But like for Lauren having a normal life, a husband, kids and $40 million was enough for her. You know what? I also, I just don't agree with the idea that she could have been a billionaire because like from the Hills, we have two successful household brand names and that's Lauren and Kristen. Kristen. And I think Kristen has done everything right. Also, while also not shying away from the the Hills. Yeah. And she did very cavalry. Like, and she's always, you know, out putting herself out there and her Instagram is like, you know, she's an influencer and she ended up with thirty million. Okay, I have a question. Mm-hmm. So when when you say Lauren, I mean Kristen's success. Do you mean fame or money? Both. Okay, because like the elephant in the room is that uh, doesn't a, lo- a large part of Kristen Cavallari's net worth come from her husband? I so don't if we're know. just talking about business, okay, uh, um, let's let's because say- she said Kristen's the richest one, which might be true because of Jay. Got it. Okay, but. Let's just take Jay out of it. Like, I think Kristen has done so many things right when it comes to her business. Fame. And when it comes to fame. Right. And still, the cap would be max 30 million. Right. I think Heidi's overestimating the ubiquitous popularity of this show. Yes. Especially as, as we move further away from the initial show. Right. I'm sure for them, it feels like this was like, everything Mm -hmm. and for us it was everything and for a certain section of the population like we loved the hills yeah but most people like the majority of people (laughs) grown people (laughs) well also another thing that she spoke about in the interview which i did find really interesting was um i haven't rewatched the hills and of course i'm so team lc like it's in my blood but i do think if i rewatched it like i might have like a more mature perspective like okay you didn't like spencer like did you have to write off and i do think in a lot of ways like spencer and heidi were given the short end of the stick and she does talk about her relationship with elsie how like at times elsie treated her like a dog like because elsie brought her on the show and that means she had to like sing for her supper and like do whatever lauren wanted which is like not the way a friendship works so i do think that that part of the interview was really interesting and i do have like a lot of Grace, I think, for Spencer and Heidi, because I do feel like they were painted as these villains on a show that was somewhat scripted. That now, like in hindsight, it was such a big deal. Like they moved into their apartment. Like they didn't like kill anyone. <laughs> like they just like had a toxic relationship. But now the proof is in the pudding. Like was it toxic? They've been married for over ten years. Yeah. So I do feel like that's a really interesting part of the conversation too. But I think naturally she's probably bitter. I would be too. Like you get painted as a villain and Lauren gets to like get this perfect life and they're still, you know, doing reboots of the Hills. Yeah. And Lauren doesn't have to do that. Right. But it's like Heidi, I think in truth, like it's, it's nice that Lauren doesn't have to do that, but Heidi's almost faulting her for not working harder. Yes. But it's not about work. It's about fame. Yeah. No. And it's just about like what kind of life you want to have, you know? No. And by the way, you can live an amazing, like the most amazing life if you are worth $40 million and to not have to deal with the, mental health element of being famous it's it's brilliant really, most win. people aren't big enough to see it that way they're no, like Jackie. okay i could be 500 million and i just have to do more red carpets and go here and there and do interviews and put myself out there and like open myself up to all this criticism 
most people wouldn't make the choice that Lauren made. Most people wouldn't make the choice to leave fame behind when you have fame so good. It's easy to not want to be famous anymore when you're Spencer and Heidi and everyone hates you. Imagine making the choice to leave the limelight when you are universally beloved. Yeah. Can't relate. Can't relate. That's the crazy part of this whole thing. Like I could under, I could have understood if we never heard from Spencer and Heidi ever again after The Hills. They were scarred by the fame, by the scrutiny, by the criticism. And Lauren went on to have a million other shows. But for Lauren to have made the decision to walk away from fame when she literally had every opportunity laying at her feet, that's the crazy part. Yeah. And that's like the admirable part. Yeah. So I love Spencer and Heidi and I don't fault them for thinking how they think because they must be in, in a lot of ways traumatized like from that experience. Yeah. But... I don't agree with this call at all. And justice for Coles. Justice for Coles and justice for $40 million. Yeah, like it's a lot. And also your net worth does not mean how much money you have in the bank. So she right. probably has more. I don't think, I, right. But also like, I don't know if anybody's Googled net worth is accurate. No, mine says like $250,000. Is that accurate? It's not. <laughs> Are you ready for our next story? They also say I weigh 140 pounds, which is accurate. A- is accurate. <laughs> Are you ready for our next story? Yes. Olivia Rodrigo clears up tawdry driver's license love triangle rumors. Yes. She's been making a lot of waves in like recent interviews. She was on Variety and she was on. Yes. This is from Variety's Power of Young Hollywood issue. She touched upon the situation that followed after listeners heard her song Driver's License. Many fans believe that the lyrics were about the alleged relationship between her and her high school musical, the musical series, co-star Joshua Bassett and Sabrina Carpenter. The lyrics in question said, quote, and you're probably with that blonde girl who always made me doubt. She's so much older than me. She's everything I'm insecure about. I Where that is line. my triangle? Your triangle is on the table because I had to move it for redheads. I wanted to protect the triangle. It goes like this. She's everything I'm insecure about. Yeah, today I drove through the suburbs. Yeah. Because how... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, thank you. Our, triangle Our triangles have entered the building. Because how could I, I ever love someone else? And I know we weren't perfect, but I've never felt Use this the yellow way part. For no one. Oh, and I just can't imagine how you could be so okay now that I. Okay, continue because I actually have thoughts. This is what she said. She explained saying, quote, I put it out not knowing it would get the re- that reaction. So it was really strange when it did. I just remember everyone being so weird and speculative about stuff they had no idea about. I don't really subscribe to hating other women because of boys. I think that's so stupid and I really resent that narrative that was being tossed around. Okay, I have a lot to say because first of all, of course she didn't know the song was going to blow up in the way that it did. There was no Agreed. way for her to know that. Agreed. And I do agree that like we are so beyond the narrative of women hating women for stealing their boyfriends, for mm-hmm. sure. But I think the Miss Olivia needs to take a smidgen of responsibility here. Because first <laughs> of all, if it's not about this situation, which it was so, like the picture was painted so clear for us. So if it wasn't, I do feel as though she did not one thing to stop this narrative, if that was really the case. And... If this wasn't about Sabrina Carpenter and literally people descended upon upon Sabrina Carpenter and Olivia Rodrigo did nothing, that's even worse. Yeah. And she really does like Sabrina. So she's alluding to maybe here that like the the fans got the narrative wrong. And I don't think that we did. I don't think that we did either. And if we did, someone could have cleared that up a while ago. As she should have. I do think she never expected this song to go where it did. And even if the song became mildly popular, like, at be- like her best hope for the song, I mean, it definitely exceeded every expectation that she could have had or dreamed of. But even if the song became a little popular, no one was going to be digging into the lyrics and like finding stuff out. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's possible that we got it wrong and that Sabrina Carpenter unjustly like received like the tail end of teenage angst. But that's almost worse if that's the case, because that would mean Olivia Rodrigo did nothing to stop the unnecessary bullying of Sabrina Carpenter. That, I, I, just, don't, I don't know what's worse. I just don't think we got it wrong. I think maybe here she's trying to say that like we missed, not we. The message. I, I have no part in this. <laughs> you, you people. <laughs> that you missed the message and like it's more so about this boy that broke her heart, not the about girl. About the girl. That, not the girl that he's with now. But I think that of all the 
emotions that came out of the fans after this song, I would say 95% were directed at Joshua Bassett and like 5% were like Sabrina Carpenter being the blonde girl. Yeah, I do think that like, okay, if we're talking about driver's license, yes. If we're talking about deja vu, like that song was really mean. Like no, that so song good. was really mean. Like So good. But it's just like, it's a mean song to Sabrina. Yeah. It's, it's a worse song to Sabrina than it is to Joshua. Yeah, well, she's pretty much calling him, like, a phony, but she's also saying to Like, Sabrina, your whole like, relationship is fake. Like, I, I did it all first. I had first. your man first. I fucked him first. Like, yeah, yeah like, it's really <laughs> taunting him, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I'm kind of, like, disappointed in this but then, response. But then Sabrina's song, Skin, is right. also a little bit like, and I'm fucking him now. Right. Well, it was a rebuttal. It was a rebuttal. I love I'm that just song. saying devil's advocate. I, love, I just want to say, I love every song that has come out of this situation. We're so spoiled with good music. Yeah. and But I just do wonder, like, how Sabrina's doing. I think she's probably doing well. Are they together? Are they together? That's the question. I don't know. It's just the craziest situation. Teenage love story. Yeah. Are you ready for our next story? Our sure. next three stories are some casting news that you guys just have to know about. Okay, so should I intro the casting news brought to you by <clears throat> Movement? Yeah, you really should. In a tiny apartment in Southern California, two college dropouts teamed up to create a watch company that broke all the rules. With fair prices, unexpected colors, and clean original designs, Movement grew into one of the fastest growing watch brands, shipping to over 160 countries across the globe. And now they've expanded into blue light glasses that protect your eyes from screens, minimalist jewelry, and style essentials that don't break the bank, all designed out of their California headquarters. So by the way, I love blue light glasses, and it's so hard to find ones that don't make you look like your grandfather wearing bifocals and the movement ones are sickening and it's great to do before bed so like blue light can keep you up yeah if you don't wear blue light glasses it also can cause headaches which you know we're always trying to avoid and they have fabulous styles and unbeatable prices movement watches have the look and quality of four to five hundred dollar watches but you're pay that you would pay for at a department store but you are paying a fraction of the price because they're built online and they own the process from start to finish and you just get a watch shipped right to your door for free and if you don't love it you can ship it right back for free so if you they make stunning watches for men and women it's i actually recently got one for ben for um his birthday it's a great gift for someone in your life because you always need to know what time it is and with the blue time light. is it summertime and i got myself the pair of blue light glasses because if you're spending all day in front of your computer on um, the blue light filtering glasses that i got are the ever scroll they're a game changer and they really help with eye strain poor sleeping patterns and they're really modern and the styles are stunning so if you want to elevate your look with style that doesn't break the bank then join the movement and get 15 percent off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com toast Again, that's mvmt.com slash toast to get 15% off with free shipping and free returns. Thank you, Claudia. Our next story is some apt casting news. Beanie Feldstein will star in Funny Girl's Broadway revival in 2022. Hey, Mr. Arnstein, here she is. Really good. Thank you. The musical comedy Funny Girl will play Broadway for the first time in nearly 60 years, producers announced on Wednesday, and the show has already found its wisecracking Fanny Bryce, Beanie Feldstein. Feldstein appeared in the 2017 revival of Hello, Dolly, but she's best known for her film roles in Lady Bird, Booksmart, and she's playing Monica Lewinsky in the upcoming Impeachment right. American Crime Story. She'll I mean, be great in that. We all saw that picture of the back. Yeah, she'll be great. I'm so excited to watch that. Me too. So she's going to be amazing, and this is just like a really exciting time for Beanie. Everything's coming up, Beanie. Everything's coming <laughs> Beanie. Um, of course, when this news was released, people were kind of quaking for Leah Michelle because... First of all, I just have to say, like, I'm really glad that they chose someone who's Jewish. Like, it's just an important part of the role, and I'm very grateful to the Broadway producers. So everyone was kind of like, you know, if there ever was going to be a Broadway revival, it's actually a storyline on Glee. There finally is a Funny Girl revival on Broadway. And, of course, Leah Michelle goes out for the part in the show. And her whole, you know, being is inspired by Barbara Streisand. She never gets her nose job because Barbara Streisand never did. And so when I think, like modern Barbara Streisand, I do think Leah Michelle. Do you? I didn't have that thought. I was mostly just thinking of you. Oh, that's so nice. Because that song, um, Don't, don't Rain on My Parade, parade is my just favorite. like Claudia's party trick. And by the way, Don't Rain on My Parade, um, Leah Michelle sings in the first season of Glee and it's like a show-stopping. When I sing Don't Rain on My Parade, I actually sing the Glee version. Like, yeah. It's so good. So a lot of people were 
talking about this like why didn't she get the part what do you think why didn't she get the part well I do think she's been enraptured in a little bit of scandal over the last couple years and I don't think people you know want to be associated with that because of the reading thing no she had like her whole drama what was the drama again? She was accused of... Oh, right, of, like, bullying. Of and bullying and, like, tar- like targeting a lot of the POC. Oh, my God, yes. I totally forgot about that. And then, like, that. She, her sponsors dropped her, and then she kind of went off. And she's kind of, like, off the record. Not off the radar. record. Off the radar. She's releasing an album. But she's much living a much more low-key life. Okay, I completely forgot. Yes. So, I think that's one reason. I don't... I mean, honestly... This is like this is news I'm very interested in because I'm a, I do wish they did like some sort of open casting call because like my ass would have went like you I wouldn't have gotten the part because I have no formal training but like I would have went just like for the went. story and I would have logged it for Patreon. But, but I have a lot of hope for Beanie. I'm excited for her. She does have a Broadway background. I do think that's important. I think she's Jewish. I think that's also important. She has the look, you know. But we've never heard. I've never heard her sing. I have. She sings on Ben Platt's Instagram all the time. Okay. And but, she's good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like classically trained, you know? But I just want to say one caveat. I do think that it's important when casting a Fanny Bryce to cast someone who gives off Fanny Bryce energy, FBE. And I do not think Beanie Feldstein, I never would have chosen her for this role. Like, I never even would have thought of her as a Fanny Bryce energy kind of gal. Lee Michelle obviously comes to mind with the Fanny Bryce energy. She's radiating it throughout her body. So that's what I'll say. Like, I just, I'm excited, blah, 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 yeah. But I don't know if she gives off FBE, but okay. I will be going to opening night. Alternatively, in thinking about it, I don't know everything that constitutes FBE, but when I think back to, like, having watched the movie and, like, you know, Barbara Streisand's character, she was, like, pretty quirky and, like, awkward and, like, all of these things. But and also, I, like extroverted and like rambunctious right but I do think the 2021 version of that is Beanie Feldstein I'm not interested in a 2021 version like no funny girl is like needs to be no but like that quirky not like other girls type of thing I think it's Beanie I mean I just feel like you I just feel like you're not Beanie's biggest fan what do you mean no I love I mean first of all she's could have been related to Ruthie so that's one thing I, I really am a huge Beanie Feldstein fan. Okay. Like, I loved her in Booksmart, even though her character was so fucking annoying. Um, no, I am, I am. I'm just, like, a very protective of this particular role. Okay. So, so, and it's such an honor. And I guess, like, part of me, yes, part of me... Is jealous. No! Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but no, part of me is, like, thinks it should have been Leah Michelle, Like, really? wholeheartedly. Like, it's... It's so, it's so... The fact that, like... The internet, Leah Michelle was trending all day yesterday. The fact that this news came out and people immediately associated Leah Michelle with it is why Leah Michelle sh- should get the role. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you There's mean. There's such an association between Leah Michelle and Fanny Bryce slash Barbara Streisand. She herself said personally, like, she when she was in high school, she never got a nose job, you know, all that shit. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just think that's what I'm saying by the Fanny Bryce energy, like an association. Like I never, when I think Fanny Bryce, I don't think Beanie Feldstein. I'm sure that doesn't mean she's not going to be great, but just like for the culture, I do, I would have liked to have seen Leah Michelle. Okay. Is there anyone else that you would have liked to have seen? I have to think about it because it has to be someone, and I know, I'm sorry, I do think it should be someone Jewish. I just do think that. Um, I think it's an important quirk to have for the quirky role. Um, and obviously, I mean, brunette doesn't matter. I don't know. I have to think about it because okay. there's so many great actresses, but you also have to have a Broadway background. You can't just like stumble into a Broadway show, no, you re- especially not, one, not as the lead. And not one like this that is so storied. Yeah. So it has to be someone. Oh, honestly, it Jessica Vosk would have been great. Just saying. I don't think she's Jewish, but still. You think she has Beanie, she has yes. Fanny Bryce energy? Yes, like a hundred percent. Okay. Okay. Just a thought. Okay. Thank you for your thoughts. Are you ready for our next story, which is a bit of casting nose? Mm-hmm. Nose. Nose. That's apt as well. Titus Burgess has been cast as Rooster in NBC's upcoming Annie Live special. Okay, you guys, I have been following the casting of Annie Live. This is what we have. Yes, so thank far. you. That's what I was Let's gonna ask. Let's take it from the top. We announced Taraji P. Henson as Miss Hannigan. 10 out of 10. We have Harry Connick Jr., Daddy Warbucks. So good. What I recently found out that we haven't spoken about yet is Nicole Scherzinger will be playing Grace. Who's Grace? The assistant to Daddy Warbucks who he falls in love with at the end. Mm. I like her. I like Nicole Scherzinger. Mm. You don't like her? No, that's, that's the first that's kind a, of dent in the, in, really? in, the, in the casting. 
I think she'll be so great, just like dancing up on Daddy Warbucks. I know. I just find her like really thirsty, like like on another level of thirst. Okay. And like I don't know, this is like a wholesome family show. I think it's gonna have a lot of pizzazz. By the way, I'm open to my opinion being changed, but off the bat, that doesn't give me like the apt casting butterflies. Okay, I feel you, but it wasn't a total miss for me, which is like what I'm trying to avoid, you know? Okay, okay. So now we have Titus playing Rooster, who's Miss Hannigan's brother, who's, you know, involved in the plan to snatch Annie. It's actually, you know, Annie, We I look back on that that show, like, not, not show, the movie, very fondly, but it's actually like a story of abduction. Like, it's actually gets it's really, really dark. twisted. That final scene where Annie's climbing up that telephone pole, like, uh-huh. trying not to get her feet snatched by Rooster, like, that is the shit nightmares are made of. No, 100%. And I can't believe I was kids who used to be like, it's a hard knock. And like, Annie's in the no, back of a telephone pole getting abducted. No, it's like, it's a hard knock life. Yeah, we're living with an alcoholic who's so emotionally abusive towards us. Right, no. And like, and her brother, creepy brother, is like always trying to like grab us. Yeah. No, the, Annie is actually like a really dark story. It is, but with such <clears> a happy ending. And such a good soundtrack. Yeah. What's your favorite song from Annie? Uh, there are so many. There are so many. Bet- your bottom dollar there. Tomorrow's fantastic, but I also love Easy Street. Yes! <laughs> Easy Street. And that's what... That um, was a sexy little, like, shoulders... It's a sexy song that, Do it again. that sister and brother Hannigan sing. Disgu- the movie also has incest. <laughs> um, Do it okay. again. Easy Street. Shoulder. Easy street. I'm too cool, <laughs> too cool for um, easy street. And then also when Annie sings maybe, like talking about how maybe she'll meet her maybe parents. Maybe he's rich. So good. So good. Maybe he'll make me And then also, the reboots have really good, not even just the Sia <laughs> Opportunity. One. And also, and you're never fully dressed without a smile. And Sia yes. did a reboot of that, a cover of that song. Wow, I actually never really sat down and thought about how many good songs of course the sun will come out tomorrow and hard, hard knock, knock life, life always come to mind but i forgot about maybe I, oh my god so many the you're never fully and dressed i think i'm gonna like it here wow you know what what is the original annie like this the one that we watched yeah that kid is fucking cute <laughs> yeah where is she now i don't know she's i don't know still traumatized from that telephone pole scene i know i was as a kid yeah, no, that was crazy stuff, but Punjab to the rescue. Wait, okay, um, can you give me her name, that little Annie? I'm, like, kind of obsessed with her. Okay, but now, like, searching Annie, original cast, actually, hopefully I'll get the... And that dress, that dress should be in a museum. That dress is iconic, but then also, <clears throat> they're... Have they cast Annie yet? No, they haven't cast Annie, and that's what's going to make or break. Okay, the original Annie, her name was Aileen Quinn, and now she's 50 years old. Wow, I feel old. Wait, but hold also, on. There was another Annie, the one with Kathy <laughs> Excuse Bates. me. Yes. And that Annie was mad cute, too. And then they also have Let's Go to the, the movies. movies. By the way, Let's Go You see. know that you missed a major opera. Claudia, what? the craziest news has just surfaced. What, the Kathy Bates Annie is who? I need to confirm. I need is to it confirm. Sadie? Claudia, I need to confirm with my sources because it could be the craziest what? crossover we've ever seen. Can we also, just really quickly, last time we were casting Annie for the the live, we said that that redhead girl from um, Stranger Things would be great if she was younger. And I just want to say, I found out afterwards that she actually did play like Annie on Broadway or off-Broadway. Okay, okay, what is the news? You're freaking me out. The news is that the person who played Annie in the Kathy Bates version, her name is Alicia Morton. But tell me, but tell me, that's not Alicia Witt from the Hallmark Channel. But her name's Alicia Morton. Right, so I feel like maybe they used the wrong picture or something. They definitely used the wrong picture. They're tripping me up. You're telling me that the Hallmark girl was Annie? No way. There's no the way. The time doesn't make sense because that woman's like 40 and Annie wasn't 35 years ago. The Kathy Bates version. The, it might have been. It was a long time. It was like from the nineties. Hold on. But there's Alicia Witt, Alicia Morton. They're two different people. Okay, you guys, this is a conspiracy. I think Google might have mixed up their photos because I'm like really quaking. The movie was from 1999. Yeah, so, so that's 20 plus years ago. So she's not 27. No, it's not. I'm sorry. 
I need to figure this out for myself. Let's check her IMDb. Was she in the Christmas Switch? No. What was Mary? Very Mary mix up. No. Okay. I'm forget sorry. it. I wanted that to be. I wanted that for <sighs> you. Oh my gosh, that was a lot. That was really a lot for okay, me. Okay, but so back to who plays Annie is that I and don't think that there's any child actor out right now who it'll have to be someone new wait this previous Annie we have to rewatch it. it is so star-studded we know Kathy Bates plays Miss Hannigan Victor Garber plays Daddy, Daddy Warbucks. Warbucks iconic Alan Cumming plays Rooster I believe Kristen hmm. Chenoweth plays I think Rooster's girlfriend Lily Saint something oh my god mm-hmm. Sarah Hyland plays Molly stop the other orphan Audra McDonald plays Grace. You guys, we have to rewatch this. So I wonder when I when I reference the Annie that I watched as a kid, I wonder if it's the original or if it's Victor Garber. We really watched both. Can I see the Annie from 1999? Yes. I, Annie's such a great story. And that's what I'm saying. It's so layered. Gotta, gotta listen to the soundtrack. This was the Annie from 1990. Oh, God. They took me to Amazon. Oh, my gosh. It's so hard to find Annie, you know, Annie facts. You need to start a website called AnnieFacts.com. Okay, Ask that Annie. poster is really bad. Photoshop. Oh my God, wait. Um, Victor Garber was bald, I forgot. Yeah. I feel like the one that I watched is the original. Like, I remember her being like a curly-haired little... We watched both. They were really so different. And, that, and in that one, she's like talking to FDR, the president, like you know singing what? to him. And then in this one is when they go to the movies and they have the tap dancing for Let's Go To. We should really just kind of do like a back-to-back. like Annie Marathon. Original Annie, 1999 Annie, Quivenjene Walls Annie, just to get ready for the live Annie. Right. I don't know when live Annie is coming. And I just... I'm sure whoever they cast as Annie is going to be someone that we don't know. I hope... Um, yeah, it should be. Right. Because there's no one out there right now. It has to be a natural redhead. I'm sorry. I think that it should be a redhead still. Yeah, no, like Annie. I'm available. <laughs> no, but I was going to say you weren't listening to me because you were on your Alicia Wit, Wit journey. You guys, there's a conspiracy. They're the same person. Is that when, when we look back at like photos of you as a kid, like you really, really, really could have played Annie. Like you had the hair, like you had everything. Mm-hmm. Do you feel resentful at all that you didn't? No, not for one moment. Yeah, I, I enjoyed, you, you I've enjoyed my life up until this point. You also really I wouldn't change sing. a thing. No offense. Wow. Okay, well, it's a movie, so they could have done voiceover. That's true. Okay, so that's your Annie news for the day. As always, we will keep you posted. I can't believe I didn't know about Nicole Scherzinger. I know. That, that casting news just slipped through the cracks. Yeah. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? It's the casting news we've all been waiting for. It's the final story. Oh my god, the screens on YouTube have been flipping back and forth so quickly. Amazing. Amazing. Fifth and final story is the casting news that we have all been waiting for. The question of the year, who will replace Alex Trebek, has been answered. Mm -hmm. Mike Richards has been named the new permanent Jeopardy host. And Claudia's favorite person, Mayim Bialik, has been tapped to host a spinoff series. Oh. Jeopardy! executive producer Mike Richards was announced as the permanent host of the syndicated game show on Wednesday, about nine months after the death of longtime host Alex Trebek. Additionally, Mayim Bialik has been tapped to, ho- tapped to host Jeopardy! primetime and spinoff series, including the just-announced Jeopardy! National College Championship, an all-new tournament which will air in primetime on ABC in 2022. So Mayim Bialik's just doing the spinoff and yeah, Mike for, Richards... Like, the college. Yeah. And Mike Richards is the new Alex Trebek. There's no more, like, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers one day Ken and Jennings. it's... Ken Jennings the next. So let's talk about this because I never would have, he was not even on my radar, first of all. Right. Um, but I have to say, I do think this is actually a good selection. I'm, usually there's so much hype for this and people are always disappointed. But we have been really kind of analyzing what it takes to be the next Alex Trebek. And I actually think, weirdly, like the answer was right in front of us, you know? No, I feel, I definitely had less invested in this decision than you did but I feel really at peace with this choice like I really like that it's someone who just like Alex Trebek will will be known for Jeopardy and only Jeopardy and even his career up until this point has been so Jeopardy focused I just this is my first time seeing a picture of him he's very handsome very handsome I also think that like his very close relationship with Alex Trebek is a lovely sentiment moving forward I think he understands TV I think he knows how to read a teleprompter like I think that no better 
person could have been chosen, honestly, which is crazy. Like, which is crazy. I mean, it's the job a million girls would kill for. And it's a, be- it's really like a beautiful ending to this kind of st- sur- story, and it's a full circle moment. Yeah, I agree. And um, it's just like it was also like the answer. The announcement was very low key. Like at first, it was so much hype, but of course, as time moves on, people move on. And now I just feel like we'll slowly just start to move into the age of Mike Richards. Yeah, he put he said it in a statement. I'm deeply honored to have the opportunity to host the syndicated version of Jeopardy. Never in my wildest dreams could I have imagined being chosen to step into a role <coughs> of this magnitude. I'm incredibly humbled to step behind the lectern and will work tirelessly to make sure our brilliant contestants shine in each and every episode. That's true. It's about the contestants. Like right. the host is just sort of the engine that's but it's wh- not about a razzle dazzle host that's why these celebrity episodes were somewhat flawed because of course you're watching a celebrity aaron Rodgers, like you answer the question like what do you know about history like that's the exciting part but it's not about the host it's and that's why you, the the formula for who would have made the perfect jeopardy host is so delicate because you have to be like interesting and smart but not too interesting yeah and I'll- just like and and be have charisma and charm and magnitude but also be able to kind of fade into the background yeah and that's on being a host yes but now hosting is so much about being a celebrity yeah but i like that jeopardy is sticking to its laurels Mm -hmm. and it's gonna remain pretty similar yeah i think this is actually like i i don't know if they're they could have chosen someone better and i was really kind of pro ken jennings just because it's like a beautiful story you know yeah yeah like you you get so far and that's a reward for like having been the best in the game. But I just think personability wise, he was not a. It didn't happen mm-hmm. for him. You know, I like that it's. They threw us a curveball. Yeah, and it's it's amazing, I, and I hope that everyone is as universally pleased as I am because I I really think this was just amazing, and the answer was right in front of us the whole time. Yeah. Also, for Mayim Bialik, she has a PhD in neuroscience. Yes, and she's from Big Bang Theory, which is like um a show about show, science, like science and like. Things nerds. like that. <laughs> nerds. Yeah, sorry. I didn't want to be mean. No, nerds. They're, I think they're like... They're proud Proud nerds. nerds. Yeah, I think so. But again, I've never watched. Um, it's the worst show of all and time. And so even that side dish of a casting works for me. Yeah, me too. No, and I think of all the celebrity um, hosts that came in, Mayim was my favorite just because she has that background. Like, it's an honor. You know, you have to earn the academic background to... I think it's great. I just think it's great. Yeah, I'm really I agree. Pleased. So... We're three for three on apt casting news today, and, and that feels really good. Um, you know what else feels really good? What? Relief Band, the sponsor for our TV recap segment. You've got to check out Relief Band, the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting. And it's any nausea or vomiti- vomiting. <laughs> Why do you keep saying vomiting? I don't know. It's like a new word. Nausea and vomiting that can be associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangover, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. The product speaking my language. The the product is 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, and provides all-natural, long-lasting relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. One out of three Americans regularly suffer from nausea. Some of us, it is self-inflicted from a hangover. Some of us, it's not self-inflicted from a migraine. We've all experienced that horrible feeling, whether it's in the backseat of a car. That's you. Um, One too many after one too many with an after one too many on a night out with friends. That's you. Or even just the anxiety of a work day. Nausea can ruin a day, force us to change our plans, and in the most severe cases, make us unable to function. So we've got great news because Relief Band is here to check, help you out. And if you're ready to take that summer road trip, hop on the boat, or you're just anxious about heading back into the office, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for the Morning Toast listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use the promo code TOAST, you'll receive 20% off, plus free shipping and a no-questions-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use the promo code TOAST for 20% off, plus free shipping. Thank you, Claudia. It's just like, um, I think, a self-proclaimed nausea queen. Yeah, I just want to let you guys know that these things work. They really do. And so if you're looking for some relief, which if you're like me, you always are, relief bands for yeah. relief. You're very, like, temperamental, like, on a boat, I'm on a so car. I'm so temperamental, and it's like, the older I get the, the worse. more the worse it gets like now like of course anytime we have a long car ride like I'm putting on those bad boys and I'm Do saying some prayers there's any like sickness worse than nausea no probably maybe like diarrhea diarrhea sucks <laughs> no I don't mean like terminal illness I just mean yeah. like what's Feeling. worse like having a sore throat or nausea nausea is the fucking worst 
Yeah. Or a headache, a migraine. Yeah, that's bad too. They're all really bad, but at least some of them, we have coping mechanisms like relief band. Um, Okay, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, we wrapped up our trip to Palm Springs and the ladies headed back to LA, but not before seeing a tawdry expose in the LA Times, which of course is a big deal, but I think like as a lawyer in LA, it's like the biggest deal ever. Right, so I just want to say, I watched all the episodes that we haven't recapped. I watched them all yesterday, so they are all kind of like one for me. Yeah. We haven't discussed like the car accident. Oh, you're so behind. It no, was no, no. turned. We haven't we haven't discussed it. Like the whole trajectory of Erica's, I want to say performance on this trip. Yeah. But I think regardless of whether or not she's guilty or innocent, she has to treat this as a performance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I do think that that's where Sutton is going with what she's trying to say, which is like, I think we're being used as, and like this could be like part of evidence in a court hearing. So- Yes, I was feeling really conflicted last night about about the Sutton thing because part of me, um, like, hates people who just, like, leave you, like, the second things get tough. But I don't know, Sutton was spitting facts. And, like, I think it's really, really hard to prove that Erica didn't know anything. Like, I think, you know, the odds are that she definitely knew what was going on. She had $20 million in her bank account. Right, and I'm glad we finally got to that part because I feel like... Now I feel like we're caught up. We're caught up because that was, for us, the big bombshell in Housewife and the Hustler. I guess we missed this LA Times article. Right. But that's the part that really doesn't add up is the $20 million to EJ Global. Now the women are asking the same question. So we are all caught up. I mean, I'm so thankful for Sutton's presence just because it seems like... She understands the most about this case, just like legal legal things in general, Mm -hmm. money spousal hides of money if the devil himself puts money in your bank account you're responsible for it right and so Sutton is just coming like right like Megan King Edmonds like yes ready to ask the questions in combination with Garcelle who I think is asking like the questions that we all want to know so let's talk about the Garcelle thing I actually really felt so fucking bad for her horrible because I believe Crystal when she says like you were not around when she told us not to bring it up I was kind of interested in why Garcelle brought it up three times after like she was really like trying to I don't know what her intention was behind bringing it up so many times but I don't think she intentionally betrayed Erica's trust no I don't think she intentionally betrayed Erica's trust I do think the reaction was a lot but sometimes it's the thing that sets you off and then you can't come back from it which I I wasn't Jackie I was gonna when I was watching I was like I'm gonna I was preparing what I was gonna say today I'm like you know you never know what's gonna set you off whatever she's going through a tough time But no, but my only fault with the whole scene, I have no fault with Garcelle. I even have no fault with Erica. She's a mess. She has a lot going on. Is Lisa Rinna? Is Lisa Rinna, who was literally so excited that Garcelle slipped up. Yeah. That she said something that she shouldn't have, that the way that Lisa Rinna is going about it. Sitting there in her coat, like, like, and acting if what, like, I hate that this happened. Like, I hate that, like, like, I, it, was I so annoyed. bothersome. And Me did too. you watch Watch What Happens Live last night? She was on. Lisa, no, what'd you Lisa say? Lisa and Gary Janetti. And Andy, the first question he asked, which was which is what everyone's saying and what I keep thinking is like, where is the energy that you brought to Denise, that you brought to Munchausen? That, you know, we, we need, we're on a show. We need to ask the questions. It's going to come up, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, one, she was like, you know, I tried to learn from my behavior last season. And then... And, Liar. Right? And that's not, you know, what I'm going to do again. And two, do I have to put this show on my back, Andy? There's eight other women. Like, but so we... But someone asked a question and you just literally made her feel so horrible about it. Oh, my God. I literally cannot stand. I cannot stand. No, but the thing is, I was going to say, it's like, you never know what's going to set you off. I don't think it was really what Garcelle did. I just think it was like a lot. But then, when I think of this whole journey, her performance on the show... I think the timing is so interesting because she got off a clamped and then she left and went home or else she would have been around the women when that LA Times article came out. Or the article came out really early in the morning. She would have been at her hotel and she wouldn't have shown up for the day. I think either way it would have been fine. No, I just think like a lot of what her overreaction with Garcelle had to do with was her needing to get out of there as well. Interesting. You have a heads up when an article that big's coming yes, out about no, you. They reach of, out for comments. I guess. I mean, it is really convenient that she left right before. I think she would have left anyway. Like, I don't think she was ever discussing that article on the day it dropped with the girls. No, but I think the fact that she was, you know, 100 miles away was intentional. Yeah. Yeah. And see, like, Lisa Rinna, and I, you know, I respect you being a good friend, but like, Lisa Rinna, when they all get to Denise's house, no, not Denise, sorry, uh, Dorit's house. Justice for Denise. Justice for Denise. When they all get to Dorit's house, 
She's like, yeah, I spoke to Erica this morning. Like, she, that should have been filmed, you know? Like, she is really, really protecting Erica. And, like, love love a good friend, but, like, at what cost? Yeah, I I do go back and forth. Like, if this is your best friend and you obviously, be, like, believe her. believe her, then you should have her back. But not just without asking, like, a few basic questions, considering the crimes that they're being accused of are so atrocious. That's why I feel like the person who I believe is handling this in the most ethical way while also trying to be a good friend is Kyle like Kyle's asking like 20 million dollars like that's a it's a fair fucking question like up until this point it's always been like (coughs) excuse me the narrative is like how could Tom have brought Erica into this and now it's like wait was Erica already there and so it's it's a very fair question that her friends are asking and I feel like Sutton's the one being like the most realistic about it because like what the fuck does she owe Erica she met her last year like she's a woman who obviously cares about her reputation she's like I don't want to be associated with this shit like oh and Lisa said the meanest thing on Watch What Happens Live she said um, you know something came up about like Sutton not wanting to like associate whatever and she was like I mean I have businesses and I would still want to like you know be around Erica like Sutton doesn't it's not like she has a business that she has to and, and he was like what about the store she's like sure she has a store but like what businesses does Lisa Rinna I guess have? like Lisa, Lisa Rinna Dusters and Beauty. That's as much of a business as Sutton's retail store, I just want to say. Yeah. But anyways, she was just like doing so much. So it seems like there's somewhat of a divide in the group, and that's what Garcelle was saying. She's like, okay, you told me this intimate piece of information, and I'm not even a part of your inner circle. And there is this inner circle of Lisa, Erica, Kyle, Dorit, and it's t- Teddy. They call themselves like the Fab Five. Like, right. there is this inner circle of women. So I can understand Garcelle bringing up something private. Like, if Garcelle knows, all the other women must know. I'm not even really that close with Erica. So I don't feel like Garcelle had any bad intentions, and I felt, like, really bad for her. Like, it was just, like, a terrible moment. But I just did kind of think it was weird how many times she brought that up. Oh, I thought she... But she just brought it up once, and then... She brought it up twice. How? Before the women sat down on the couch and after. Oh, interesting. She brought it up twice. So it was okay. just like weird. Like, why keep bringing it up? I guess. Yeah, that is a little funky. But I do find this whole like inner circle thing to be really interesting and definitely true. Like all those women who are in the inner circle were just on that boat with Teddy, like singing, it's expensive to be me. Like there is this, and I kind of feel like I'm leaning more towards being on the side of like Crystal, Garcelle, and Sutton. Me too, where it's just like. It's black and white. Like. Did you do this shit or not? Like, yeah, but if you they, were, they don't, they're not friends with Erica. They don't owe her anything, right? But if you were to believe for some reason that she didn't, then wouldn't you have her back? Yeah, but facts are facts. Like twenty million dollars. Yeah, I'm just like ever since you pointed this thing out, like I cannot watch the show without getting infuriated. Like, where where's the, the energy? Where's the Denise energy? Where's the Denise energy for, for kissing for actual someone? Actual crimes that were committed, not something personal about your sexuality. Like. You had so much energy to out Denise as being bisexual, which is so unethical, by the way, um, and made her like into such a villain. But there's no energy just to kind of ask the difficult questions but to your friend I, Erica about whether or not she took money from burn victims. I um, will and say orphans and widows. I will say that they haven't seen Erica since they found that out. That's true. We haven't. So she's coming. No, but to this s- whole time it's been orphans and widows. No, but this whole time it was just like before before we. Knew about the $20 million. Uh, no, no, no. Not even that. There was a time when she was getting divorced where there's legal drama with Tom. There's always legal drama with Tom. Is Erica complicit? That we didn't know that these were like crimes with the most vulnerable victims. Right. And I think... You think it's a white... Co- that's what um, right. Sutton was saying. And like I a white collar up crime. up until this point, they were like, okay, you're getting a divorce from a very powerful man who's also embroiled in legal drama. Like a very just tough situation. And then the article dropped where they put everything together and it's like, it's bad bad and very very sad and they have not seen her since so I'm just gonna give them and it looks like next week when they have this like dinner party um it looks like people start asking questions so that's what I'm waiting for but up until this point it wasn't as nefarious as we know now that it is I guess like how we move forward will be very telling but also knowing what we know now we know that Dorit Kyle, no, yeah, Dorit, Kyle, and Lisa all, like, are standing with Erica. Right, so whatever has transpired, they've chosen to believe her. I just wonder, you know, let's watch them ask the questions. Okay, that's fair. And maybe the way that Erica has convinced them or shown to them that she's Will convince us. Will convince us, too. Yeah, because I guess at this point in the show, they've all read the article, which has all the information that was in the most recent documentary. So we know exactly what the women know right now. And moving forward, it will be more interesting, because up until this point, it was like, Tom, Tom, Tom. 
Yeah, and it was just like Erica is going through a divorce. That's very sad. Yeah. But what Erica's actually going through is much more serious. Okay. Um, also, Love Island was on last night, and it was just the episode where people meet their families, and it was all over Zoom, and it was so incredibly boring, and it was just like awkward and weird. The only kind of interesting thing was literally the episode was so like the whole thing was like meet the family commercial and the last couple was obviously will and kira will is just like acting like he's actually like kind of sociopathic like acting like everything's fine like wasn't even embarrassed to like meet the family of a girl he cheated on like it was so sociopathic and then he got up to leave and she spoke to her family and her dad was like we honestly really did not want to come on here and like do this but you know we wanted to support you we wanted to see you her sister was crying kira was crying they were like just saying they don't trust will and like this whole time they're having this conversation, the editors are so shady. They're splicing up Will recapping his conversation with his family and Kira's family with Andre in the kitchen. He's like, Kira's so happy. I'm so happy. Cut to Kira crying. Oh, so amazing. Kira's family loves me. I love Kira's family. My dad told her to come to our house in Medellin. Cut to Kira crying. Um, then she finally hangs up with her family. He's still talking about how happy they are. She's like, she literally hides under the stairs and is hysterically crying. Cut to Will in the kitchen. Oh, we're so happy together. It's going to be so good. And she did have, she had a conversation with him. She was like, I want to know, like, what are your intentions? Like, we don't have to be boyfriend, girlfriend right now, get married, have kids. But, like, are you ready to, like, have a committed relationship? Like, when we leave here, if you go to a bar, like, we don't have to put a label on it. But, like, if we go to a bar and somebody asks you if you have a girlfriend, like, you're going to say no. Like, and he was just like, slow, 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 let's slow it down. So really a lot of red flags. And it, tur- it looks like t- tonight he sits Trina down for a conversation. Kind of remember how he, like, sat Shannon down and yeah. put all the blame. Oh, Kira's having skeptical thoughts. It must be because of you, Shannon. Now he's putting it on Trina. And I draw the fucking line at Trina. He and Trina's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, so I think although it's very difficult to pinpoint what it is about Will that's weird, it's becoming a lot more clear what that is. Amazing. I mean, sad, but like, I'm glad that we're getting clarity. So now it's like, who's going to win? Is it Olivia and Corey? No. Or is it Andre and Trina? If Olivia and Corey win, I will never watch the show again. I know. Uh, I would want Andre and Trina win. I would have Alana and... Charlie. Charlie win. I think if Jeremy and Bailey win, it's it's not good either. Yeah. Okay, but I just have to say, like, I'm really in tune with the Love Island USA, like, team. Um, on Reddit, I've been reading a lot, and, like, they are, who are they all voting, voting for? for Trina and Andre. Because they just think Trina is a queen who deserves justice. I 100% agree. And they think, like, this should be the first season where one person wins, like, the money, because Andre just got here, and Trina's been, like, oh, just... Oh, right. It could just be one person. But do, wouldn't... Wouldn't Andre have to say, he would have to say split and Trina would have to say keep, right? In order for Trina to keep it. Yeah. But he could say keep and Trina could say keep. And, and then, then what neither happens? Neither of them get it. If, if he said keep, he would be the most hated man in America. But then he, and then he would have no, nothing to show for it. <clears throat> if he said, yeah, yeah. He doesn't, he can only say split. If, but I don't see Trina saying keep because like. She should. I'm sorry. Like she, know, know your worth, Trina. That's really true. I didn't realize they could intentionally make it so that just the one most deserving queen wins. And do you think that, like, people who are in couples, like, are having those conversations? Like, if we win, what are we going to do? Do you think they're allowed to? Like, I think they're allowed to. I think those conversations must happen. Yeah, because, like, Will and Kira probably, up until this point, thought they were winning and they were just, like, making plans. Like, let's split it. Or Will was going to steal from Kira. Yeah. Like, maybe that's what he was doing. He's in this perfect couple. He doesn't right. want shit out of the house. Right. But he's about to win $100,000 for himself because he knows right. Kira would say split. I, for, I always I keep forgetting about the money. Like, that that's what this show I is know. about. It's really a weird wrench that they throw into it. Um, and I do feel like it should be more than $100,000. I don't know, but if you... It's like... It's an After interesting taxes. amount because it's like if just one person wins that amount of money, like, it, that's amazing. Right. But... If you split it after taxes, it's like 30 grand. It's pretty selfless to split it. Like, you have to really love that person. Like, I love you right. more than $50,000. Oh, Josh and Shannon did an Instagram Live with Cinco and Cash. And then Giovanni joined. And Sean, Shannon and Josh were just, like, all over each other. Like, they're, like, a legit-ass couple. We love to see it. And they should be able to win. Yeah, no, but I'm going for Trina. Oh, uh, yeah, me too. I don't know when we vote. So if the finale's on Sunday, we probably vote on Friday. Yeah. It'll be very exciting. That's so crazy. But the episode, I'm not going to lie, like, was really boring. Seeing people talk through a screen, it's just, like, it's not going to cut it. Like, the show has been so premium up until that point. Like, we're better than that. Like, I'm sorry. Like, if you can't fly them out, just forget it. Yeah, especially when no one's in a couple. Except for Will and Kira. Like, I'm sure that was really... She probably it was so to, awkward. She probably needed to speak to her family, though. She probably feels, like, so... Stupid. Confused and just lonely. Yeah, especially because, like, I think her really good friends were Shannon and... Cachet. And, yeah. and like Olivia and Trina are being there for her because they're obviously the OGs, but I don't think it's like a really true friendship. Yeah. I agree. And I'm just like not, the, the more episodes we watch, the less I'm buying what Olivia's selling. 
Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, okay. So tonight Love Island is on, but like I'm going out, so I'll probably. You are. Yeah, I have really? a cocktail party. Oh my gosh, cocktails. Yeah. That's so cool. What's the plan? It's um, where are we going? Come? Sure. It's um, Ben's friend's Jack's birthday. Oh, fun! And it's yeah. a cocktail party. Yeah, I mean the invitation said cocktail, which I thought like cocktail really attire. No, like cocktail. Like it actually just said cocktail on the invitation. Like we're having cocktails, okay. which is such like an adult thing. But I guess he is like turning thirty, so so cocktails it is. Cocktails it is. Cool. Next stop, retirement home. <laughs> um, so that's where I'll be. So I probably won't recap Love Island unless like I happen to like have a lame night, get home early. But I just don't see that for myself. I don't see that for you, and you deserve a fun night. And I think we'll, we'll probably get like a hangover episode tomorrow. Okay, that's always fun for a Friday. I think I'm going to bring Brew tomorrow. Because every day this week I've wanted to bring him, but like I've had something afterwards. That okay, I won't bring Theo. And I just, you guys have to see Brew. It's been so long. He's such an amazing. He's so big. He's such an amazing little boy. And his birthday's in three days. Oh my God, and you know what today is? It's a four-year anniversary of me bringing Theo home. Wow. My time hop showed me like me and Ben at the airport picking him up. It was August 12th, are you sure? Yeah. That's crazy. Because and then I remember our wedding was a month later, and we sent him to like some camp for two weeks. It was the hardest two weeks of my life. Oh my gosh! So you guys, I mean, I don't want to make false promises, but I'm I don't know why I might not bring Brew. Like unless he says, "Mom, I don't want to go." No, but you like, definitely are gonna bring him. I won't bring Theo, and I'll be here with open arms for his auntie wedding, waiting for him. Oh my gosh! You guys are gonna you haven't seen Brew like this in all the time that you've known Brew. Like he's Brew, a brand like new man. Like you've never seen him before. It's a, he's a brand new man. Like he's so incredible. I'm a brand new Brew. We should get rid of the plant before he comes. Yes. Um, and that's our show, right? Our show. No one else's. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Morning Toast, the millennial morning show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So at Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places where you listen to podcasts, find us on Morning Toast, leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. For today's Society Season 2, if you're still here, please drop an emoji on our most recent Instagram post of uh, the duck because ducks are people too. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. Bye.